Continuing Simon Aleph, we are up to Sif Vav. So the Chaber says, Parashiyas HaKarbonis L'yarma Ela B'yayim. You should only say the parashiyas are karbanis by day. As we can imagine, the whole point of saying, of saying karbanis is as if we're bringing it. One cannot bring karbanis by lila, so therefore you'd only say it by day. The nafkamina would be, if someone wakes up early, uh, before alois, so then you shouldn't be saying, you shouldn't be saying uh, karbanis. At worst, it would be kare batayah, reading the Torah, but it's just an inappropriate time to say it. Let's see the Mishabura Siv Katan Yitzayin. The Anakamana scribed no Bayon. I'm a Parsha Ki or Parsha Shumas Adash and Yachalam Rekodem Alayoim. You could say it before day because Lamaisa, these this Avoida was done at night. Since the um, I mean like Pnai, if a person does not have time, Yachalam Rekodem Parsha Kabanis Belayla. It's still better to say it at night than to not say it at all. But that's not the best time to be saying Kabanis. In Tzara Hamida, if you need to stand during Kabanis, I am the Sim and Mimches Mishabura Siv Katan. We'll see the halachas there. Don't say Yiratsa because you can't bring Karbanis, Karbanis Nadava on Shabbos and Yantif. A parish is a parish itself. Ain't Hefseid. There's no loss by saying it. Ain't Hefseid. I'm on Kikari like reading the Torah. If you do, all you're doing is reading Torah, so then you might as well learn. If you're a Bentayra, you could learn. Mutav, Yoyis, Shiasi, Parish of the Yoyma. Learn the parish of that, of that, that week. And uh, that would be a better way of spending your time on Shabbos morning than to say the Karbanas. Mishu Avel, someone's an Avelis, Loyomer Parsha Karbanas, he should not say the Parshas of the Karbanas. Some places can, and many places can argue on this Psaka the Mishabura, look at the Piskechuvas, so there's different uh, different practices for Avelim, but the Mishabura's Psak clearly is that they should not be saying it, but there are those that say no, that Avel could indeed recite the Karbanas. Regarding the Yerat signs, so there are some of the Yeratzayans, let's say on Shabbos, that you could say, for example, the Parshas Tamid. So the first Yeratzayan you say before the Tamid, that Yeratzayan is not, uh, you're not asking for Bakasha. It's just as if we brought the Tamid on a regular day. And therefore, that would not be a problem to say it on Shabbos because the carbon Tamid was brought on Shabbos. They are brought as Nedava. Mishibur says, person should not say the Yeratzon after the Chatos because the Chatos is only brought if one is actually Chayav in the Chatos. You're over and you know you're over the Deraitza and you you fulfill the requirements of being a shaygik. And therefore, you will not say the Yeratzin unless you know we just had this in the daf in Chagiga. If you're listening to it uh, at, the, at this time, we, at the time of recording this, this recording, just learned this. So the Gemara there says that a person cannot bring a chatas unless you had gedia. So However, the Mishabur concludes that if a person uh, feels like he really should be, should be saying it, so just say it all tonight, even on Achatos, and be and go with the rely on the sheet as it hold that there wouldn't be anything wrong with saying it all tonight. So that pasuk is in in uh, Parshas 
Shemini, you would see that Pasuk, even though it's not connected to the Parsha of the, the Tamar Shoshachar, but that Pasuk should be said with Karbonus as well. Why? So if you look at the Mishavur, he says, If you say this Pasuk, it's brought down on the Medrash, that Hashem will remember that Kedas Yitzchak, and therefore you should say this when you recite Karbonus. In Siftes, the Shulchan Aruch concludes this simon by saying, the Pasha of the Simonic Terras and the way it's done. And if you look, most of Durham bring down all these different Karbanas and Ezehum Makaimon, the Parak of Rabbi Shmuel. There are many different uh, Minhagim, but this is all found in the Siddur. At the very least, a person should recite the Parshas Tamid, the uh, Mishabura in Hilchas Tishabav. When he says that a person is not allowed to learn in Tishabav, he says that you could say the Parshas Tamid because that's considered essential to davening. So many people don't know this. They say we don't say Karbanas, but the Parshas Tamid is a, is a short Parsha and should be recited every single day. Perhaps the Kataris should also be recited every day. And so, so those two are highly recommended to be part of one's uh, daily davening. If you have time, depending on the speed of your minion and how much time you uh, you spend davening, then of course, in Seminal, if we went through all the different things one should recite, the Parsha Sakeda, the Parsha Saman, maybe the Asaras Adibras, maybe not, but those are the different things that one would say on a daily basis. Before we begin Simon Bays, which will start tomorrow, I just wanted to bring a little bit of background information that should uh, give us the proper perspective on the Simon. So Simon Bays deals with the Halachas and Levishas Begadim. I'm getting dressed. And some of the Halachas we know, some of them might seem somewhat extreme, especially in Simon Bays, Simon Gimel, regarding the Anhagas in the bathroom, the Anhagas when a person gets dressed. So just want to bring Rav Moshe Feinstein's Psak that really sheds light on what we do and why most of what people typically do is fine. But before that, I just want to bring out that the Bir Halacha, in the beginning of Simon Gimel, so it's not tomorrow Simon, but in Simon Gimel, when he talks about Tznias, he says, he brings the Gemara in Brachis, the Samafes, which discusses the Midah of, of Tznias, the Smak counts it as one of the mitzvahs to arise, of that a person should should walk with Tznias, that certain things should be private, not to reveal everything. So there's a very strong background to this concept of tzniyas. Sai for men, sai for women. Tzniyas is something that's very important, how we live our lives, the lifestyle. So there's so much to talk about, but when it comes to halacha, the halacha here in the beginning of Shulchan Aruch, which is dealing with a person getting dressed and getting ready for davening in the morning, so that's where we begin this uh, concept of, of tzniyas. So Ramosh Feinstein says the following. He says that, there's really three different dinim, three different categories of tzniyas. Number one is that the most uh, revealing a person would be, which would be meaning the places of erva. So that'll be usher to expose, even when a person's alone, when no one's around. That's usher. That's pritzus mamish. So Rav Moshe says, let's say a person has no way of dealing with something, you have a medical issue, or you're getting dressed, and it is too time-consuming to follow what the Shulchan Aruch says, of getting dressed under, under your blankets. So Rav Moshe says that this is only Midas Hasidus, and therefore a person, if they have a room that's dedicated for changing, for example, a bathroom, even though he says only a bathroom that has a bathtub, which would be called the Beis HaMerachat, so then you would say that's, that's a room that's dedicated for that, and therefore a person could change 
in that room. He doesn't say it would apply to a bathroom without a bathhouse. Some Pesachim today would say that is included. That's the way a bathroom is typically used as a changing room, as a powder room. It could be used for that as well. But that's Aleph. And that's talking about Erva Mamish. The second level is how a person walks around their own home. So Moshe says that a person should not walk around in their home, even when no one's around, any different than they would walk around if people were, were present. So let's say a person is comfortable wearing shorts when his friends come over to say hi, to pick up something. So then he could wear shorts when, when no one's around. But let's say he would be uncomfortable to be less than that or depending on the comfort level. So then a person is showing that my respect for the Shechina is less than my respect for my neighbor who came to borrow sugar. So the way a person would want to be dressed when people come to their house doesn't mean your Rosh Hashiva, your parents, doesn't mean anyone like that. It just means regular people that come to your house. That level of dress code is required at all times so that the Shechina should not be any worse than your next door neighbor. Now, Ramosha does point out, let's say it's extremely hot, you don't have air conditioning, or you're doing something which indicates why you're wearing less clothing, person's working out or cleaning something, whatever it is, so even if a neighbor would come, they would understand the reason why you're not wearing uh, a full shirt is because you're doing X, Y, Z. So then that would be fine to walk around like that when you're in that situation, even, you know, even when no one's around. The third level, which is the way a person would dress when meeting, you know, Melech Basar Vedam, an important business meeting or the like. So that level is not required at all times. It's required when a person davenish when Esrei. When you're davening, so then... You should show that when I'm going likras melech to greet the king, so then a person has to wear, let's say, a jacket or a nice sweater or something that shows that I take davening seriously, that I'm going with the melech basar v'dam. So there's three levels. There's the, the davening requirement, which is the way a person would go in front of noble people where he has to be at his best behavior. That's the way a person should dress for davening. The lower level is how a person should walk around in their own home. That should be, at the very least, the way you would be comfortable if, if people came over to your house. We said the heter of the tsar, it's very hot, where people would understand. And then the final category is getting undressed totally. So that's never mutter to do it in one's home. Obviously, you have to practically change. You have to take a shower. So in those situations, when a person is in a room that's dedicated for showering, for, for changing, I would add, for, uh, for bathing, so then a person could, in fact, change like that and doesn't need to do the Shulchan uh, suggestion of only getting undressed underneath one's blankets. Now, I just want to point out, this is Rav Moshe's Chiddush. There are those that say that we should follow the Shulchan even in situations where it's difficult or it's inconvenient, and a person should always get dressed while under their blanket, while under a, while in a robe, so as never to uncover themselves. But I think the, the minog, that uh, if you look at most of the swarm, the piskechuvas, they say the minog really is like Rav Moshe, that as long as you have a room that's dedicated for it, a bathroom, so the, the shulchan aruch is really lavdafka. It's a midas chasidus, it's not a halacha requirement, it's more of a midas chasidus inyanim of tzniyas. So if that's what people consider tzniyas for someone to change in the bathroom, so it'll be fine for a person to change in the bathroom. They don't necessarily have to dafka change while underneath their blankets, while under a, a robe, they'll be able to change uh, kaseder in the bathroom.